Bragging rights and huge cash prizes are up for grabs this weekend and all season long at DraftKings, the leader in one-week fantasy sports. And this week, you can enter a contest for free with your first deposit. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every run, pass, catch means more with DraftKings. It's simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching the game quite like having a shot at millions of dollars in prizes. DraftKings has paid out billions of dollars to winners since 2012, so they know a thing or two about cold, hard cash. Download the DraftKings app now. New users enter code BMF during sign-up. Play in a contest for free this weekend with your first deposit to compete for your share of cash prizes. That's code BMF, only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Jim Cramer dominates Wall Street. And now he's teaming up with Bill Inwright to help you dominate fantasy football. This is Bull Market Fantasy, presented by DraftKings. Yo, what's up? Welcome inside the Bull Market Fantasy Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings. Corey, Frankie, and Bill coming at you as we get ready for Wild Card Weekend in the NFL. Before I get into that, though, how are you doing, Bill? What's going on with you? I'm doing great. I love Wild Card Weekend. Always one of my favorite weekends for the entire sports calendar. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to this expanded playoff format. Love the fact that there's going to be three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday. I'm pumped up. No doubt, Frankie. What's going on with you, my man? How's everything out there on the strip? Uh, everything is good. You know, the Vegas Whispers uh, information just continues to roll along. Another perfect uh, night a couple of nights ago. And then we had another winning night again uh, last night in terms of college basketball as well as NBA action. We've already got some NBA plays shared in there. And we already just uh, released uh, an NFL play for wild card weekend as well over in the SI Pro community. So the picks just continue to come. And hopefully Vegas Whispers the sharp information, they can stay red hot just like they were in 2019. So I want to start with a bit of news that I've been seeing that I saw on the internet today. And uh, it, it, it revolves sports betting in New York City. And Frankie, I'm going to start with you on this one because I got some good news and I got some bad news. It hmm. looks like the governor is going to uh, introduce legislation to get a bill out there to get sports mobile sports betting done that means that people that live in new york city or you know the 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 counties closer to new york city you not have to go up to the poconos to to place a wager they actually have mobile wagering but frankie i'm hearing that the governor is considering making it a part of the lottery Oh dear! Then get then get then get ready for incredibly insane minus one forty five. You got it. You're gonna have <laughs> you're gonna have instead of minus one ten, and that will absolutely cripple betters. There is not one successful better that will be able to survive on those kind of demanding those kind of money on the big or the juice. That is that's exactly. I wouldn't even be surprised if you don't see a dollar sixty dollar sixty five in New York because they're gonna just look to, you know, pardon my French tax the hell out of everyone. And that's exactly what they're going to do with that kind of wagering. If it's part of the lottery, you won't be getting a dollar in a dream. You'll be getting a dollar in a prayer. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. a dollar, in, a dollar in a scam bill. You know what I'm saying? This is the same method that they've taken uh, in Washington D.C. making sports betting a part of the lottery, and you see this insane juice, and you really don't see that much action on the D.C. books as they're waiting for Virginia and Maryland to get in. So if they do do it as a part of the New York lottery bill, I can see people still calling up their homeboy in New Jersey to place a bet. So this is the problem that a lot of states are not recognizing what the public or what the people want, right? Illinois tried to do this. They tried to go through their state lottery system, and it was a total failure. They they essentially need to create a sports book from scratch. The lottery is ill-equipped to do so. So they finally just gave up, and then then he started allowing FanDuel, DraftKings, PointsBet, Rush Street Interactive, MGM, whoever, to... uh, to, to to run their sports book in their state. Now, New York, we know they have a massive budget problem. So Cuomo has half the problem. He has half the solution. Um, excuse me. He has half the solution to the problem. They're in a tax deficit. They need some more tax revenue. They see how much New Jersey brings in. I think it was north of $900 million in taxes since they first legalized it back in 2018 or 2017, whatever it was. The problem is you're, you're right. So now they're going to allow sports, mobile sports gambling, but he sees it as, okay, well, we want to keep the money for the tax revenue for ourselves. But by doing that, by by letting the New York State Lottery Association do it, they would have to create a sports book from scratch. And like you mentioned, they're ill they're ill-equipped to do so with the proper line. So now instead of having FanDuel, listen, we're full disclosure, you everyone knows that we're sponsored by DraftKings. So instead of allowing DraftKings and FanDuel and points bet to have well, maybe they have. Let's take this weekend's ex- game for example. Maybe they have Tampa Bay um, favored. Uh, you know, given seven and a half points, eight points. Well, it, it, maybe on Fanduel that could be six and a half. Maybe on points bet it could be eight. Uh, but if only one sports book is allowed to operate in a state, yes, you're going to not only have uh, on, on basically a monopoly of the line. You won't have the ability to access different types of odds, which is what a free market should be. But you're also going to have to wait another 18 months, 24 months until that New York sport, until the New York State Lottery gets that sports book up and running. It's not an it's not an easy thing to just create a sports book. You need all the technology, you need all the support, you need all the logis- logistics, you need all the people to actually set the market. And I think it's you, you take the the thing of, of a monopoly, and it's not only going to be unfair to sports betters, but you're right, Corey. I, I do think that people will still come over to New Jersey, to Pennsylvania, wherever they're Connecticut, um, and 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 they'll still be missing out on that revenue. So this is another situation where politicians think they have the right idea to try to help generate tax revenue for their state, but they're not listening to what the people want. Now we do see a situation in Washington D.C where they do have William Hill Kiosk at the, oh boy, I didn't change the name so many times. I don't know if it's the Verizon Center, the MCI Center, the Telecom Center, whatever it is, the, the big phone booth, as Stuart Scott used to call it. Mm-hmm. Whatever is whatever the phone booth is, they do have William Hill Kiosk there, and they're all going to have an official William Hill Sportsbook in Washington, D.C., in that same area, in the Chinatown area, by the MCI Center, Verizon Center, or whatever they call it now. Um but, you know, I'm not sure what New York's plan is as far as that goes. But, um, you know, like, you know, we've talked about it and discussed lotteries just don't work. Uh, the lottery system does not work for sports betting because once you put that minus six, minus 165 juice on a typical point spread, um, it's definitely going to drive the real betters off. And then that's going to increase 
uh, parlays and parlays, uh, Frankie, is definitely how sports books make their money. Yeah, 100 percent. And when listen, I'm a, a guy that lived in New York over 30 years of my life and I know exactly what was going on. And I'll be honest, I think there, this is going to drive this is, this is going to drive people to stay with their hometown neighborhood bar bookie or their uh, or they'll be looking offshore. There is no way that anyone who is currently betting and we know that sports betting is a large uh, activity in the New York area, whether it's Ill, Ill, going through illegal or offshore uh, opportunities. And, and, and quite honestly, if you're going to start offering uh, a legal option where you're going to be demanding minus 160, minus 150 on a normal 110 juice, then you're just going to have those people remain to go through the outlets that they've been going through since generations of their grandfathers and, and their grandfathers before them and great grandfathers. It's it's something that's just going to continue and New York will be sadly disappointed or what they'll have probably have to you know, eventually see is probably what's happening now. People are driving over the bridge to be able to make their wages in the state of New Jersey and because they're able to use the aforementioned by Bill uh, different points bet or DraftKings or FanDuel or anything that's available out there and you know or head to Atlantic City if they want to have make a weekend out of it and they're going to have that opportunity but New York is going to be sadly mistaken if they think that they're going to be successful pushing sports betting through the lottery. One other one other thing while we're on this topic, you know, Jim Cramer obviously known for for the stock market, right? If you, if you follow along what what happened this morning once the rumor came out that New York uh, Governor Cuomo would um, be in favor of, of of legalizing mobile sports betting, DraftKings and Penn National Stock they jumped up about four or five dollars pre market, and then that was around I guess eight forty five this morning. Um, then when the news came out, when the news came out that he only wanted to do it through the New York lottery, now both of these stocks are about up. 25 cents. So that was, that was a big jump in the more, uh, uh, of the uh, big jump in the stocks this morning. You know, the, the saying is, you know, you buy the rumor, you sell the news. So the rumor was that, Hey, New York is going to legalize sports uh, gambling on the mobile devices. Great. Both DraftKings and Penn national, a few other ones, their stocks jumped up four or five bucks, uh, you know, two or 3% move pre-market. And now they're only up a couple cents. So it, it is telling that people understand that, listen, if you want to legalize sports uh, sports gambling on your mobile phone, you have to do it the right way. And the right way is to have a, a free market where people uh, are able to choose where they want to bet. Yeah, no doubt. Agree with you 100% on that one. So um, hopefully they, they come together and, and figure that out. Or it's really going to be a dead cause. Governor Cuomo saying that he does not want to make casinos rich. Um, but then you didn't, why, uh, eh, never mind. Um, well, so no, no, I, no, that, that's a good point. Listen, I, I understand what he's saying, but that, that, that there's a way to tax everyone 5%, tax all yeah. the sports books, 5%, and then you're still keeping the money. So he's cutting his nose off to spite his face. I mean, yeah. Oh, you want to keep all the money in house. You don't want to see the casinos get rich. Fine. That's okay. Tax them. Just like New Jersey does, just like every other state does, where there's legalized mobile sports gambling. I mean, there, there's a way around it. You don't just say, uh, but, "Well, but, I, but, hey, let me ask you this right quick, Bill, not to cut you off." Yeah. But when you come, when you're talking about taxing them in New York, if I'm not mistaken, a lot of that is Indian territory up there, Native American territory up there. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Yeah. But it, it, it isn't the, the tax threshold is different, right? Well, right. You're absolutely right. So right now, there, there's um. 
Oh, cr- I went to school up there. I can't even remember the the casino. Oh, did? What is the oh, school? What is that casino called? I was there all the time. Oh my god! Like Turning Stone. Turnstone Casino, yeah, it was such a dump when I went there. I went to Syracuse; it was such a dump. I still went all the time, and now it's beautiful. Two golf courses, high high roller suites. It's a, a gorgeous casino. But you're right, Corey. So that's that's one of the things. Gambling is legal in New York right now, but you have to go to an actual casino establishment, and they are taxed differently because they're you know, protected rights under the Native American law or whatever it is. Um, I'm sorry. I'm not familiar with the exact term, but you're right. However, that's one of the things that with mobilized sports gambling, it wouldn't be under that native American tax yes. break because it would be, um, it would be mobile. Yeah, no doubt. So, um, you know, Frankie, that's how it would, that's how they would want it to work out, but you already have situations where you're starting to see lines being drawn, but the best thing for the state's economy and the best thing, as Bill said, for the betters, especially these betters in New York, people, let me tell you, you know, I was working with a dude, um, well-known sports better, uh, Danny B. and Kulo. Shout out to my guy, Danny B. And Danny. he was saying that, you know, he sells subscriptions, been doing it for years. He used to, you know, Danny B. was one of the first cats to have the 800 numbers. You know what I'm saying? Back in the day, I would get in trouble for calling 800 numbers. You know what I'm saying? Like, my <laughs> friend, like what is this? What is this? What is this on the bill? And it'd be me dialing 900 betting numbers like I could place a wager. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, we would bet at the lunchroom table and stuff like that. And that's where we get my advice from. You know, come full circle. I become cool. I become friends with Danny B. And he's always said he sells his picks all around the country. But nobody in New York buys them because New Yorkers tend to think they can do it themselves. Right. Little pig Fra- head. Frankie? Yeah, well, listen, it's 100%. I mean, uh, I remember the, you know, this was name drop. I remember when I was back at Villanova, there was this gentleman that used to come onto campus and be handing out these business cards soliciting, and his name was Lenny the Lock Stevens. And I, used to, <laughs> I, I, I remember the name still. Like, it's it's like a running joke. I just remember it. And, you know, and you used to, you know, you'd call and you get this, you know, you could hear this pre-recorded message of this guy in a raspy voice. It was, Hello and welcome to Lenny the Lock Stevens, my lock play for tonight. And you know, you uh, there was play, there was guys on campus that did it. I won't drop name drop or whatever. And you know, and one of them was my buddy, and he he got a little out of hand. And before you knew it, while ever, all of us were enjoying uh, the Villanova basketball program and going to local bars and establishments, uh, you know, and 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 having fun at a lot of the parties. He was working in, as a delivery driver for a local uh, pizzeria in the neighborhood, delivering food to people on campus. Why? Because he needed to pay off the money from getting all the losers that he was getting from Lenny to Lock Stevens. So it just gives you and lends credence towards the um, opportunity that, you know, once I came out here to Vegas, I know it. The reputation and the stigma attached to quote-unquote touts is absolutely terrible. There is another guy out here. He has his name attached to Vegas. I won't say what his last name is because I won't even give him the credibility, but the guy is an absolute fraud. And there's a lot of them out there because of the fact that people see what's going on with the tout industry. You could call, uh, Bill could call, and I could call, and we could call and get three different plays on the same game. We get Bill gets the total. I get the one side, you get the opposite side, Corey. Yep. And that's the way that they're going. And they're building their business th- through fraudulent activity. So that's why touts just don't work. But people are stubborn. There are solid subscription information out there. There are guys who win. But for me, 
what I've been able to tell and what I've been able to know through my days and my decade out here, no one can touch the Vegas Whispers, uh, you know, information. That information is not from a tout. I am not a tout. None of us are touts. But we, I have created a network where we get the information Vegas books never want you to have. And that is the inside information. As our guy you know, Jim Cramer will know with stocks, you know, listen, it's illegal for us to talk about insider trading. Yes. But are there are tips known beforehand about IPOs or certain stocks rising? Of course there are. And, and, and essentially, that's what Vegas Whispers is. It's getting you in, inside the back end of the book and getting information that the books don't want you to have. Is it illegal? No. Is it getting information out? Yes. Is our network uh, one of the best and can't be touched? A hundred percent. But that's why, you know, like you got to always be careful with how you divulge your money. But Corey, you're right. Betters are stubborn and people are stubborn. And it'll be exactly why when we get into breaking down the NFL wildcard weekend, I'm going to highlight something that shows just how stubborn betters are. And even fantasy players who often, you know, start to once the fantasy season is over and they have they don't have that action and that, you know, that desire, they start to back the players and back them erroneously for the players who made the money and maybe even brought them a fantasy championship. And they start to back those teams in the wrong fashion. And we'll get into that a little bit later. No, that definitely won't happen. That before we get into that, you bringing up Villanova made me think we used to, when I was a freshman, we used to go to this place called Kick Booty in Orangeburg, South Carolina. Now, Kick Booty was notorious because they would sell liquor. They would sell alcoholic beverages. They would not card you. So when you first got on campus in Orangeburg, South Carolina, it was, you know, a known fact. If you want to get some, you know, you want to get some some adult beverages and you're under the age, you know, coming in as a freshman, you just go to Kick Booty. It's no card. It's, 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 it's no ID. It's no nothing. So we used to walk over to Kick Booty, you know what I'm saying, and buy and buy Thunderbird and Mad Dog 2020 and all that cheap stuff that college students drink. Natty Light. And, yeah, Natty Lights and stuff like that. So one time I'm in there and I, it's, it's, it's a Sunday morning. I mean, not a Sunday morning. It's a Saturday night. We're getting ready to go to homecoming. And I notice somebody from behind the counter pull out the NBA, the, the, the I mean the NFL spread cards, you know, the long one where you rip off the bottom of the slip and give it and you put your picture on it and give the guy yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh wow, it's a way to get action in South Carolina too. So shout out to Kick Booty. Kick Booty no longer standing in Orangeburg, South Carolina. The rumor is they burnt it down for the insurance money. Now with that being said, <laughs> now with that being said, let's not burn it down this weekend. All the money that we have gathered over the past couple of weeks. What are the, that, hold on, what are the statute of limitations for some of the things that we just revealed about ourselves and our past? <laughs> <laughs> Frankie's talking about his times in Villanova. Corey's talking about his times in South Carolina. I don't think I've said anything that could be uh, held against me. So I'm going <laughs> to really mind my p's and q's for the rest of the episode. All right, so let's get ready to hop into it right now. We have a the first matchup of the weekend. Speaking of New York and now and the governor of the city and the governor of the state of New York, we got the Buffalo Bills and the Indianapolis Colts. Bill, if I'm not mistaken, there's supposed to be fans in Buffalo this weekend. That's been a little bit controversial. But the Bills, hottest team in the league right now, laying six and a half points versus the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, so first of all, I'm happy if <sighs> – I'm happy that the Bills would be able to enjoy a home playoff experience. Hopefully, I, I, I say that in a way where, listen, I know the coronavirus pandemic probably 
as bad as it has been in the United States right now. Uh, a lot of people are still getting sick. I don't want to see something irresponsible like going to a game all of a sudden have a, a spike in, 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 the, in the virus. Okay, let's get that out of the way. But that being said, yeah, Buffalo Bills fans, if they can do it in a responsible manner, uh, social distance properly, wear some masks, then yeah, I would love to see the Bills fans be able to enjoy uh, that home playoff atmosphere. Because I do miss that about sports. Uh, I do think, like you said it, Corey, I think the Bills are the hottest team in the NFL right now. I do expect them to really show the Colts that, listen, they're they're not just a, a team that uh, beat up on on some of the lesser talented AFC East. They're, they're a team that is going to make some noise here in the postseason. Uh, Frankie, speaking of South Carolina State University, Darius Leonard is an alumni of South Carolina State University. How do you think Josh Allen does in his first home playoff experience or his first playoff experience? I think that he should be just fine if he stays within himself. But, I mean, one of the things we have to keep an eye on, obviously, is the health and status of Stefan Diggs. And we know the, how vitally important he was to the success of Josh Allen in the regular season. And he took a little bit of a blow there towards the end of the first half in Week 17 against Miami. Now he's a little bit dinged up. He's been having limited practices this week. So as long as he's there and they stay within themselves, I think that they, he should be just fine. Uh, you know, th- th- you know, Josh Allen, listen, guys, I'm not so sure that there's been a more lucrative team to back over the last 10 games. The Buffalo Bills are 8-2 and two ATS over their last 10, and they've, you know, 9-1 and one straight up. So if you've been putting them in teasers or betting them on money line parlays, they really came up as one of the strongest teams, you know, that has a very good record, you know, finishing the season 13-3 and three straight up and 11-5. and five. ATS overall, but that eight and two ATS over the last 10 games, it's hard to get right in front and want to step in front of that Buffalo Bills train right now. You know, Bill, even when the Seattle Seahawks were winning Super Bowls and dominating the NFC West, them along with the San Francisco 49ers, they still would struggle with the Los Angeles Rams, NFC wildcard weekend, Seahawks a three and a half point home favorite. No 12s in the stands, but we do have the Seahawks in the Pacific Northwest versus a division opponent. Do, do we know if Goff is playing yet? What, what's the latest on that? I mean, it's his thumb, right? He didn't play yeah, last week. He had surgery, he though, on the thumb. He had surgery, but he, he's 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 practicing. He's throwing passes, but we don't know if he's going to play, right? Yeah, we still don't that, know. It's a, it's that, a like how do we, like how do we not have an update on that? Like the last report I saw was was from ESPN saying that he's been throwing pra- uh, passes in practice. Well, like come on, let's go here. Uh, we want to make some this morning, Bill. It's going to be a game time decision. I mean that that is total baloney. I think I think Goff is going to end up playing. It's too important not to play. He'll at least start, and if he if he if he proves to be inaccurate or if it proves to be too painful, then they'll pull him and they'll put in Wolford. But I, I'm operating under the assumption that that Goff is going to play. I would like to see some some of these beat reporters get a little bit of uh, some more detail out there. The, the last report I saw was 24 hours ago. That's a little absurd. Um, I do expect the Seahawks to win this game. I think the Rams a little bit fugazi this year. You look at some of their teams that they beat up on. They played against the NFC East. That was four easy wins for them. They struggled against their own division rivals, which tends to happen. But if you're a dominant team, like a lot of people are making the Rams out to be, then you you, you should beat up on a team like the 49ers when they don't have their starting quarterback. You should beat up on a team like the Arizona Cardinals when, when Kyler Murray was struggling. Um, I think the Seahawks win easily. Frankie, um, earlier this week on the SI Fantasy Podcast, 
we went over, me and Michael Fabiano went over the Fabby Awards. His breakout fantasy player of 2020 was one DK Metcalf. What do you think about the Seahawks passing game this week going up against the Rams? I really like it. I mean, uh, I'll be honest. Uh, I, 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 I think that, listen, guys, for me, I can't put my hard-earned money behind a team that lost to Adam Gase. Just can't do it. <laughs> you know, despite, you know, I, I had 17 and a half point home favorites too. But, you know, listen, is you know, but, you know, you got to be careful though, because I really love this, this, this Seattle team. And I think that, but I'm really concerned about what are we going to be looking at? Here's another injury. Bill was talking about on one side, I'm going to go to the other side. And I'm going to say, what is the health status? Because I still can't find out exactly as well on star safety slash linebacker star do everything. Jamal Adams on the back end of this uh, for Seattle, because we know that Seattle, they're 12 and four straight up. They're four and oh, they, you know, they've won their last four games. They were perfect over the last month of the season. But guys, the NFC West champions, uh, they've been only four and six ATS. That's only covering at a 40% clip over their last 10 games of the regular season. That's not really going to cut it. And I think right now it's some strong money and a strong indication because this line opened at four and a half over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And we currently see the line sitting at three and a half. And that's despite the fact that we're looking at reverse steam because nearly 63% of the money, when I spoke to some of my Vegas outlets here, almost all the money is out here in Vegas is on Seattle. Yet that line is moving in the opposite direction of the money. Interesting stuff right there. Do you agree, Frankie, with DK Metcalf being uh, Michael Fabiano's breakout fantasy player of the year? Well, listen, I had my breakout fantasy player, and that was Calvin Ridley. So, I mean, I think both of us nailed both of those players. I think they had phenomenal, uh, you know, runs. But for me, DK Metcalf, I want to see it in the big game. I really want to see it in the big spot because I feel like there is a one and a one A there. But I still feel like when the chips are all on the line. The guy who always steps up and performs is on the other side of the uh, line of scrimmage, and that's Tyler Lockett. So I think that he's a phenomenal talent. Don't get me wrong. But I really want to see him do it in a playoff game, in crunch time. I want to see him step up the way that I always see, and I always feel like it's always Tyler Lockett in that big spot. And, you know, Tyler Lockett put, you know, made sure that they got, you know, got into the playoffs in the right way because on his hundredth catch of the season, it was a touchdown. And that really sealed the deal for them in week 17 when they were losing to the San Francisco 49ers. But, you know, I wasn't real happy about seeing a 35 point fourth quarter because we know the Vegas Christmas shops were on the under in that game, you know, nine, six heading into the fourth quarter. And all of a sudden we lose a total, you know, that was a 46 and a half thanks to a 35 point fourth quarter, which was insane. But Tyler Lockett for me, if I had to say, I think he's the more clutch player, but I think that Fabs was right on that. I mean, obviously, if you look at the numbers, but it's just a little bit too inconsistent for me, and I'm still see, waiting to see that Jekyll and Hyde role. I want to see him do it in the big game, in the big spot, like Tyler Lockett does. Chase Young, Bill, called out. I don't want to say called out, but he had words running off the field, getting ready to play in his first playoff game in his first season Washington football team. Congratulations to them for winning the NFC lease. But now we see Chase Young and that, listen, got to give him credit. The Washington front is tough. But the, uh, the person on the other side, Bill, is the GOAT, and they are eight-and-a-half-point road favorite. Yeah, and the only thing that kind of disrupts the GOAT is pressure, right? We, we've seen time and time again Tom Brady, when he's under pressure, he tends to get a little bit more accurate. Uh, he's not mobile. He gets frustrated. That's how the Giants beat him in 07. And then again in 2011, that's how the Eagles beat uh, uh, 
Brady in the Super Bowl as well when he was with the Patriots. Front uh, pressure up front is is how you disrupt Tom Brady's game plan. That's how you disrupt the goatness. That's how you disrupt his greatness. And Washington has that formula in place. If Chase Young and Montez Sweat and Ryan Kerrigan can get to him, I can see this game being closer. I could see an upset in the making. Now, if Tom Brady doesn't feel that pressure, then Tampa Bay should coast in this game. There's only one way for Washington to win, and that's to get to Tom Brady at least five times. Sack him. Not just not just get to him. Sack him five Turn times. Turn football Mid- over to him. Yes. This will be helpful get- for, the, for the football team. Get him, get him on the ground. Make him feel um, uncomfortable in the pocket. Make sure that he's being hit a lot. That's how they will win this game. That, other than that, it'll be really hard to slow down that Tampa Bay offense. There's really only one recipe, and, and that's make sure Tom Brady's playing from his butt. Frankie, I want to get your thoughts on this game, but first let me ask you, if the Buccaneers do happen to lose this game, you think Bruce Arians can get fired? I'm not so sure about that, but I think that we got, we're not touching on maybe perhaps the biggest thing that's needed to be spoken about here, and that's the status of star wide receiver Mike Evans. He led the, cu- the club with uh, 13 touchdowns. You know, he seems to be the clear number one option for Tom Brady, and he's really, you know, we don't know with that knee injury that he suffered if he's going to be there or if he's going to really be a decoy. So for me, I would actually be leaning towards looking at the under in this game. The total opened at 46 and a half. It's come down to 45. I'm not so sure that they lose this game straight up but this is one of the games where I want to get into what I wanted to talk about earlier guys you know I did you know if you see you go back a little bit since 2013 wild card home teams they are 12 and 11 straight up and as Bill knows and as you know Corey we often talk about it good teams win great teams cover well if you're looking for a team that's going to be great I'm not so sure that you're going to be Atlanta. You got to be careful right now because in those 23, those last 23 wild card games, the home teams, which we see six out of the, uh, excuse me, uh, four out of the six teams being a home favorite. Only the only two that are the exception, obviously, is the road Tampa Bay Buccaneers that we're discussing now, as well as the Baltimore Ravens who are going on the road into into Tennessee. They're the only two road favorites. But in those last twenty three home uh, home games, the home team in the wild card round is only seven fourteen and two against the spread. And you know, listen, guys, and this is what I was talking about earlier. Fantasy owners, they love to be able to back their team. So if you if you had maybe you had the connection play and it led to a champ fantasy championship for you of Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs, or you had Tom Brady and Mike Evans, and that was your connection. These a lot of the fantasy betters and the uh, the novice betters, they love to bet the over in these games. Well, I'm here to tell you, be very careful because the under is the way to go. Because in those 23 those aforementioned last 23 wild card games since 2013, the under has cashed in 15 of the 23 games. That's an incredible 65.2% clip. So guys, be careful. Don't be the square head or square. No, no, no offense, Bill. When we're getting into this, don't be that guy on these games. That's just going to be looking to lay the big lumber and lay the big number and automatically say, you know what? I'm going to take, Tampa Bay and go over. I'm going to take Buffalo and go over. We know that in 2020 specifically with no fans in the stands, 
it looks like a lot of people are afraid to play the under these days. But be very careful about just automatically taking the square play of going favorite and over. In this situation, in this round, since 2013, the money has all been on going dog and under, especially when you're talking about favorites of mine, of, of like five or more. And a lot of these situations, we're seeing that. The Bills are, uh, uh, it, you know, fit this, you know, that, that check all the boxes. Tampa Bay checks the box. The Saints check the box. And now, because of the COVID situation, the Steelers check the box. So just be careful about laying the number and just thinking that it just looks too easy. Because when something does look too easy with these home favorites in the wild card round, it often is. You know, Bill, listening to Frankie just now, I felt like I was listening to Larry the Lock. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the- <laughs> it's Lenny the Lock. Lenny the Lock. Lenny, like the, lock. Lenny, Lenny the Lock Stevenson right there. <laughs> no, it's just you got to be careful because the stats tell you. I mean, th- there's just so many people out there. Listen, straight up, maybe teaser opportunities, maybe money line parlays. You might be good going that route, but you got to be careful because I'll be honest. I think we'll be having a wrap-up show and talking about the divisional round next Wednesday. And what will we have, guys? I think we'll be discussing a fact about the fact that a lot of these teams didn't cover the big number. The Baltimore Ravens and the Tennessee Titans, these two teams met in the playoffs last year, Bill. They met in the regular season this year. There was some high tensions, and I can imagine there's going to be some on Sunday afternoon when these two AFC rivals kick off. I tell you one thing, if Derrick Henry start getting going downhill, it could be a long day for Baltimore. But the Baltimore Ravens, just like the Buffalo Bills, come into this situation playing some good football. Yeah, but you know what? The Titans are my upset pick of the weekend. The last time we saw the Titans play ball, uh, play the Ravens, they won. Derrick Henry, 28 carries in uh, this season, 30 carries last year. He had that awesome play where he threw a touchdown pass uh, while running for 195 yards in that game. Until I see, until the Ravens, uh, until the Titans prove me wrong, I'm going to keep betting them every time they play the Ravens. I am taking the Titans. Give me the points. Give me them on the money line. Titans are my upset pick. Uh, Bill sounds pretty pretty confident, Frankie. I, I, I feel like you're going to take some of that confidence. Are you going to take some of the wind out of his sails? I think he might actually be on the right side. I've, I've oh, that, that, I, wow. I, 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 often, I often love the opportunity to – to take the home dog. And I believe that this is the only home dog that you could possibly get behind specifically on the money line. I think that the Washington, Washington. Uh, I, I don't think I, want any <laughs> NFC, I don't want any team from the NFC least in my betting uh, portfolio for the wild card round. No but I, I, I'll be honest guys. I mean, the Titans look like they're live, but you know, you got to give the love and the respect right now to the, you know, Lamar Jackson. It looks like he really got those boys playing. And, you know, it's it's tough because I think that the biggest wild card in this game and the biggest key is not even going to be J.K. Dobbins on the ground. And it's not going to be A.J. Brown on the other side of the ball. It's not even going to be Derrick Henry. It's going to be whether Hollywood Brown can make an impact on this game. Because if the Ravens can't get any kind of consistent passing game outside of making the connection with star tight end Mark Andrews, I believe that Bill is on the right side and the Titans will come out victorious. Because I think that this is when the Titans start to show their love and and their strong running game and a love for pulling the upset. They did it last year. They've been in this situation. They've beaten this team. They're home again. And, you know, right now, who can stop Derrick Henry? I mean, nobody really could. The guy went over 2,000 yards in the season, an unbelievably impressive uh, statistical accomplishment for him. 
But, you know, for me right now, I think that Bill's actually on the right side. I'm scared to say. Little trivia. How many running backs have run for over 2,000 yards? Eight. Uh, I don't know the answer. (laughs) 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 I'll say so. OJ Simpson. Eric Dickerson. Eric Dickerson. Barry Sanders. Uh, Gerald Davis. Jamal Lewis. Chris Johnson. Adrian Peterson. Derrick Henry. Eight. Very good. Knocked it out. Look at that. Oh, come on, Corey. I I, I I was going to I knew OJ I knew Eric Dickerson I knew Jamal Lewis obviously CJ2K uh Adrian Peterson Henry and I would I would have missed the last one who was the last one again I forget I forget which one you didn't mention <laughs> <laughs> Jamal Charles never had a 2000 yard season no, no he had no. 6 6 6.0 yards per carry in that season that oh, was incredible okay. yeah you um, know that, that that is pretty incredible uh Frankie right quick Wait, wait, can we just talk about that for a second? Let's let, I just want to stay on top of that for just one second. I think Derrick Henry should be the MVP this year. Uh plus five thousand dollar odds on plus five thousand uh on DraftKings right now. If no you shot. go back I, I know there's no shot, but I think he should be. If you go back and look at the running backs that w- that ran for two thousand yards, Adrian Peterson, MVP, Barry Sanders, Terrell Davis, MVP, Eric Dickerson didn't win the MVP award that year because Dan Marino Threw for 5,000 yards and had 48 touchdowns. Both of those were passing records, even though Eric Dickerson set the single-season NFL rushing record, which still stands to this day. Jamal Lewis didn't win. I think he I think he got robbed. I think that was the year McNair and Peyton Manning split it. That's the year. You know what's so funny about that? That was the first year I played fantasy football. Uh, really? Yep. Okay. Okay. Chris Johnson didn't win it because they were like seven and nine. Uh, but the the Vikings made the playoffs that year that, that Peterson won. Uh, the MVP and ran for 2,000 yards. I think there's precedent here. I think, listen, I get it. Aaron Rodgers had a really good season. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had a really good season. They didn't do anything spectacular. Uh, Rodgers had the most passing touchdowns for his career with 48. 48 touchdowns. Uh, quarterbacks are doing that seemingly every year the last couple seasons. So to me, Derrick Henry, I know he has no shot of winning. I think he should be the MVP, though. That's interesting. Frank, let me come back to you right quick, and I want to touch on – I'm going to leave uh, Bears and Saints on the board. We'll touch on the last game, and then we'll get ready to get out of here. Post-hype sleeper. Is Antonio – Antonio, is, he he can only wish. Is Marquise Brown – Is Hollywood? would Hollywood Brown be a post-hype sleeper when we start fantasy drafts in 2021? I wouldn't touch him. Not unless it was rounds 10 or later and I can get him as my wide receiver three. I feel like he is just way too much boom or bust for me. And I'm just not so sure. And I'm not sold yet on Lamar Jackson being an elite passer down the field and really feeling comfortable throwing the ball outside the numbers to his wideouts. I feel like he's become more of a seam passer. And that's why his tight ends have historically done well in the passing game at the NFL level. But for me, until I see it on a more consistent basis, and I see the throws that the Mahomes makes and that Aaron Rodgers makes and Russell Wilson makes, where he makes his wide receivers and he throws them open. I'm not seeing Lamar Jackson feel comfortable enough to throw any of his star wide receivers open. That's why they brought your boy Dez in, because I think they were looking for maybe even another option for him. But they need maybe, listen, I know it's going to be crazy, but with all the stuff that was happening, you know, uh, what about if Michael Thomas, I'm hearing that he's going to, he's strong possibility out here in Vegas that he might be moved in the offseason. Imagine Michael Thomas catching passes from Lamar Jackson. Maybe a player like that can make 
Hollywood Brown and Lamar Jackson more comfortable throwing in the pocket because I think they're going to need a star elite wide receiver in their prime if they're going to want Lamar and the Ravens to get over that hump and get over that hurdle that is Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs juggernaut. Because for them to get through that, I think they're going to need something more on that offensive end besides a dominant running game and strong tight ends. They need to be able to spread the ball out more wide, and I don't think he has that yet, but maybe in the offseason he gets it. My my problem with the thing that you said, Frank, is I don't think it's on Lamar Jackson that he can't pass outside the seams. I think it's on Marquise Brown and his inability to run precise routes other than just going deep. I don't think this is on Lamar Jackson at all. I think it's on, more on Marquise Brown. I think, it's, I, think, I think it's on, on, on any of them because I don't think there's – listen, he's had some wide receivers there, you know, and, and obviously, you know, they, they keep uh, – you know, uh, listen, he has he has Sneed that was able to – you know, that's a veteran that maybe runs more precise routes, and he still can't really emerge and put up consistent options. So I just think that I, I feel like he needs that star wide receiver, that guy in the huddle, that Mike, that Mike Evans type, that – you know, that Stefan Diggs type, a guy who's going to come in and make a difference the way that Diggs did for that Buffalo offense. And I believe that there's, you know, Michael Fabiano was, you know, t- touching on this as well, that he believes that, that there's not only Michael Thomas, but there's several star wide receivers that could be moved and changing and you know, seeing a change of scenery, you know, in the offseason. But I think the Ravens are one of the teams that really needs to get Lamar Jackson, not a star first round rookie talent, and I think they need to get him a star who's already been proven at this level. And I think Michael Thomas, if he is to be moved, should be a guy that, you know, the Ravens go to look to get him. Because I just – I agree with you, Bill. I don't think that Marquise Brown is that guy. Um, I think Mark uh, – he's, he's showing to be more of a one-trick pony where he's a guy who just gets – you know, if he's open down the field and he gets behind the safeties and he's able to take the top off and get beyond the the, the coverage by two, three yards, you got to hope that Lamar Jackson can hit him. But for me, like I said, I don't don't see those 20, 25-yard outside line patterns using those players outside in the passing game. I see more of a seam passer, and I think that's where the – I think it's more of a hesitation that he doesn't feel that he has that star that can make the difference. But, man, imagine, guys, tell me what you would think about Michael Thomas or any of those star elite wide receivers that may be on the move or in free agency that maybe could come there because I think that would take the Ravens' offense to a completely different level. Yeah, no, I I agree. Listen, a, a player like that is going to like so you have to pay him a lot of money, and you already have to pay Lamar Jackson as well. So it's going to be tough. They may have to go through the draft, but definitely a true WR one would be something that'd be good. Maybe they can get Antonio Brown on the cheap next year. I mean, we we might be seeing the the maybe Juju. Range. What about Juju? Maybe changing teams and staying in the same division and 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 maybe helping him out. That could be that could be a case too. It'd be a, re- a reemergence uh, for Smith Schuster. So let's get ready to hurry up. Michael and, Thomas uh, just got paid, didn't he? He got a five-year, ninety-six million-dollar contract. I guess. Yeah, they, well, and he was also it was also a healthy scratch. There's a lot of internal fighting behind the scenes. Apparently, that's with a lot Michael of money. Thomas. That's a lot of money so, to so take they, on. So they were they 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 shopped him during during the season. They were trying to trade him during the that, season. Yep, and unsuccessfully because that's a lot of money to take on. That's more they, money than I, I think. That, that's more money. His average salary is more money than Odell was getting when the Giants traded him just yeah. three months after giving him a new contract. Yeah, but they, they find ways for these. Listen, Michael Thomas is an elite talent. Look at what he was able to do last year, but he fell out of favor. I don't know what that what's going on behind the scenes, but obviously uh, something's Antonio, happening. I, I, I've heard this is a, a phrase that I've heard. 
he's starting to act like Antonio Brown. No. Hey, you catch 149 passes in a single season. Yeah. <laughs> you can act like <laughs> Apollo Creed if you want. <laughs> you, you come out wearing that Dr. Seuss hat and those red, white, those red, white, and blue shorts if you want. Oh, man. Good time, as always, right here on Bull Market Fantasy. Everybody, good luck with your DFS and your wagers this week.